What would you do if the storm became the norm? That's a question I've been asking myself recently. Uh, and I'm a rapper, so I'll probably rhyme my thoughts a bit more than I should. But what would I do if the storm became the norm? A verse I've been thinking about recently is Romans chapter 8, verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. I don't doubt God loves us. I don't doubt he wants the best for us. I'm quite an optimistic person, but it's clear that there are times in the Bible and times throughout human history where God has allowed things to be challenging for a while. You look at Noah in the Ark, otherwise known as the first ever lockdown. I think that's definitely a tier six or tier seven situation. But Noah had no indication of how long that would last. The storm became the norm and they ended up being in the Ark for about a year. You look at the slave trade, around 400 years that lasted and we're still seeing the effects of that right now. Thankfully, the worst of it is over, but in the moment, I'm not sure people would have ever seen it ending. The storm became the norm. Fast forward to today, the times we're living in right now, it definitely feels like the storm is becoming the norm. And so I kind of had this moment. While history proves things will get better and while I completely trust that all things work together for the good of those who love God, I feel like I'm just waiting, waiting to get out of lockdown or waiting for better days. I know better days are coming, but sometimes I'm like, God, can you just give me a date or something? Maybe you're waiting for a vaccine or waiting to get a furlough or waiting to earn some money again so you can cover your bills. Those are tough, tough situations. And I really pray that God makes a way where there seems to be no way. And I believe that he will. But even though it's so hard to see right now, there's purpose in these moments. The danger with just waiting is often when you're waiting, you just stand still. With waiting, you get this kind of anxiety, this desperation, this uncomfortableness and Sometimes that can be crippling. What I'm not saying is just get over it. No, I'm not saying that at all. We've all had seasons where we felt like Job. Overwhelming loss and sometimes just living to fight another day is a major achievement that should be celebrated. What I am saying is we need to move from waiting to trusting because there's a difference. Waiting is staying where you are, delaying action. Where trusting is having belief. And when you have belief in Jesus, your posture is different. He won't let us down. He has a plan. He is coming. I remember at school, I used to proper hate waiting for the bus because I never really knew what time it was coming. So I was kind of just twisting my head trying to, to see the bus in the distance, you know. Then they introduced these little screens at the bus stop that would tell you, OK, the bus is coming in six minutes or 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever. So I started to relax at the bus stop. I'd pop to the shop, grab a little munch, maybe watch some episodes of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air on my phone because I trusted the screen at the bus stop and the wait wasn't as excruciating anymore because I knew what time it was coming. When we truly trust God, the storm becomes less daunting because we know that God is coming. When we move from waiting to trusting, there's an authority, a confidence, an assurance. It's being in the boat with Jesus. God will see us through and things will get better. In the Bible, God told Abraham he'd have children, so Abraham had that promise to cling on to. God told David he'd build a house, so David had that promise to cling on to. But God doesn't always tell us our future. 
Look at Joseph, for example. God loved him in general, but in regards to what his future looked like, it was anybody's guess. The good news is even though we may be surprised by what's happening in our lives, God isn't. So just like God had a plan for Joseph, even though his brother snaked him, we have to trust that God has a plan for us, even though we're living through the effects of a pandemic. In Christ, we are more than conquerors. Those who are with God should not fear anything else because God is greater than all things. So I guess we've got to ask the question, what do we do now? What do we do while we're trusting? We can't just stand still in a daze while we trust. So what can we do in the meantime? Well, times like these are daunting and and sad, but they're also an opportunity. The world seems to have stopped. And when the world stops, people pay attention. And when people are paying attention, there's an opportunity for change. I truly believe that the response to George Floyd would not have been as monumental if life at the time was just normal and we were going about our our daily lives. I think the fact it happened during COVID and the world had stopped, it meant that we had time to pay attention, time to watch, time to listen. When people are paying attention, there's an opportunity for change. So what do we do in this time? There's a few things. Number one, we can pray. Pray that God softens the heart of man, gives us strength, draws people to him and unites his body. Number two is we can empower people by being generous. Sometimes we want people to do well, but we never want them to do better than us. We've got to fight against that. If Jesus can say greater things you will do, we should want others to do greater than us also. Let's be generous with our time, with our love, with our accommodation, with our finances and with the way that we encourage each other. Number three is we have to speak truth to power. We can't be leaders if we don't speak truth to power. If you have a seat at the table, speak up at the table. It could be the table of your family, your friends. It could be with your leaders, with your managers. It could be with government. Wherever you have influence, speak truth. Because if you know the culture you're a part of needs to change, but you don't do anything to change it or say anything, you become complicit. Sometimes speaking up is overwhelming, and I get that. But we have to be brave. Change doesn't have to come in 10 years. Change can come now. Elon Musk says if you make your 10-year plan, your two-year plan, it probably won't happen in two years, but it'll happen a lot quicker than 10. Number four is let's allow Jesus to hold us accountable. One thing I've learned is that we can find a million ways to justify our decisions, but we can't pretend it's what Jesus would do. When it comes to what Marcus Rashford is doing, for example, with free school meals, you can probably find a way to justify why you don't agree with his approach, but we can't pretend that Jesus wouldn't feed the less fortunate. With racial issues, you can probably find a way to justify why it's not at the top of your agenda, but you can't pretend that equality isn't very important to Jesus. You can justify your political persuasion, but you can't pretend that Jesus would lead in exactly the same way as the leader of your political party. And so in closing, I think we need to try and get to a point where we aren't just waiting for things to get better and standing still until they do. I think we have to learn to trust that things will get better. And in the meantime, pray for God to give us strength and guidance and hold us all accountable. So if you feel like the storm is becoming the norm, let Romans 8, 18 keep you company. For I consider that sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us.